Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show here on Nerd Herder. I didn't die. You didn't die. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Mega. And we're back. Um, I want to level JoJo Siwa there for a second. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we fell off the map. Uh, Megan went to an Indian shaman in the, the mountains Yes. Uh, to cleanse herself of the ick. I died, but then I got better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and got then she, she drank the uh, heart-shaped fruit. and uh, Yes, and then uh, I turned into a lizard for a little while. <laughs> I got <and> better. <laughs> I'm slightly... I'm not less busy with work, but I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, it's just been one of those crazy couple of weeks where just everything's kind of happening, and... uh, What what can you do? Um, So, yeah, sorry for lateness and for missing things and being... uh, Just not being as consistent um, as you'd expect and as we'd like, Uh, but thank you for your patience for that. Nobody's harassed us for that, and we appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're just trying to get back on schedule and we're, so we're here with the Herd Main Show today and we've got a pretty interesting one yeah. and it's really a kind of a segue into next week's main show topic as well. Um, cause today we're talking about some of the characters in the Star Wars universe, uh, who have stories and how unique and weird and crazy and sometimes tragic those stories are. And because that's one of the beauties we've talked about before about Star Wars is every character has a story. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a story now, they, they will very soon. Um, and they're not just like, oh, he walked into a bar one day. But they're, they're usually very in-depth and interesting. Yeah, sometimes they duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, we wanted to talk about some of the characters that some we've seen and... Maybe not everybody knows the story that's going on there. Um, some are a little less seen, uh, maybe, but they're so interesting we have to mention them just because that's how that's the beauty of Star Wars storytelling. You know, I don't know how else to say it. Is just that you know every everybody has a story, and and just when you think that it can't get weirder or crazier, yeah, this it does. This episode kind of came about because I was watching. A channel that we really like called Drawfee, mm-hmm. where they they draw, uh, they draw, um, and they did a yeah they special... take user suggestions yeah. and, and they they come up with ideas as well. Yeah, and um, they did one uh, artist draw Star Wars characters that they've never heard of before, mm-hmm. and I think they were no, two of them were legends. One of them was canon. Um, I don't remember who it was. Black Criston. Oh yeah. Um, that was a surprise. Yes. I liked that. I was very excited about that one. But uh, the first one they did was Luke. That's Luke with three U's, yes. Uh, it's a clone <laughs> of Luke, and it's from a lesser known or less popular um, legend story uh, yeah, that takes place after Endor. Yeah. It it made me laugh so hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, and so that kind of started a rabbit trail of what other weird stories are there about characters we thought we knew that turns out there was a whole nother layer there. Yeah. Um, some are some that we're going to talk about are legends, some that we're going to talk about are canon, but uh, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, and like I said, we'll explain how that's a segue into next week uh, later on. But yeah. before we get to the meat 
of the episode, we've got to eat our veggies. Gotta eat your veggies, guys. We gotta get those veggie news. Get them gains with some rock. <laughs> rock. Maybe some cauliflower. And celery. Maybe some curts. Curts. Yeah, eat your curts. Those are good for your eyes. No, they're not. No, that they're was not. <laughs> propaganda. That was propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, guys, we got some gaming news in the one game. Soon <laughs> the, the Soon, soon there will be more. <laughs> soon, yes. Um, so, Battlefront news. Uh, Capital Supremacy has come to Battlefront 2, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> John? Um, so, this is the big game mode that's been teased for quite a while, the past maybe four or five months, and that's been kind of building up. We were supposed to get it last month, but it wasn't perfect, so they held it back. Um, and it's here now, and I haven't played it. And I'm not bitter, but, um, yes, <laughs> I am so bitter. But, uh, yeah, so basically this takes your typical multiplayer to the next level and adds a lot more scale to it. So, uh, it's teams of, uh, clones versus droids. You'll follow on one side or the other. It's Clone Wars exclusive. And essentially you fight for supremacy. You fight for, um, getting the most battle nodes. So there's... Um, five capturable nodes, and the team to capture them first then gets to the next level. Your gunships come pick you up, take you to the enemy ship, and then you board the ship, and you have to disable the ship by uh, destroying it from the inside, basically. You've got to plant charges at a very specific place in the ship um, and then get back out, uh, and you win when you blow up the other team's ship. And so, um, it's, it's really cool. It's a whole new scale, and with it comes a new Geonosis map. Um, the main ground where you, the battle takes place is on Geonosis. Um, and, but they've also introduced the map for the, um, Separatist cruiser. We get a new extended map of the Republic cruiser. Uh, and along with this, we also get the Arc Trooper and the Commando Droid that we talked about before. Lots of stuff happening. Um, with this new update and with this new game mode. so And from everything I've heard, a lot of people are really loving it already. Mm -hmm. I've heard um, anything of complaints. I've heard a few people calling for tweaks um, and updates to um, some stats and whatnot, but that comes with every update, where, as you can only do those once you figure out, or once people start playing it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, you know, that's when you can finally figure it out. But, um, yeah, everybody seems to love it, and there's a triple experience weekend going on this weekend in this new game mode, so they're really encouraging you to play it more. Do you want me to play for you? Uh, no, I wouldn't get any points. <laughs> Rude, first of all. <laughs> uh, but true. Yeah, because um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be here, because i got to go out of town with work again. Um, but, uh, it is what it is. I'll play it next week, and it's fine. I, got, I actually got to play the double experience last weekend more than I thought, so that's helpful. Um, hey guys, if so enough yeah. people support us on Patreon, then you'd be able to do your triple experience weekends. Yeah. Any weekend. <laughs> yeah, if we get enough Patreon support, <laughs> I could quit my job and never have to be out of town again for these uh, double experience weekends, because every time these happen, I'm on some work trip, and it's ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous. Uh, I think they monitor my calendar, and just like, oh, that will mess them up. So. That must. But anyway, but yeah, that's the that's Capital Supremacy. It sounds exciting. It looks like a lot of fun, and I can't wait to play it next week. 
Uh, I'll put it out on Twitter when I go on to play, so if anybody wants to join, they can. Um, I could use all the yeah. help I can get. <laughs> and we're going to start streaming at some point. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. We're, we're trying to... We're figuring it out. <laughs> um, in other gaming news, uh, I started playing Morrowind again, <laughs> which is an early... Uh, earlier this isn't the Morrowind podcast <laughs> yeah but like after watching you play battlefront for the longest time Morrowind looks like hot garbage <laughs> <laughs> like i sent you a screen cap with just like you on it which i love Morrowind. i love the elder scrolls games that's one thing you can say about battlefront it is a pretty it game. is so pretty um but anyway yeah it was that and watching trailers for days gone have you seen any footage from days gone nope Oh my gosh. It I only is, play Star Wars games. It is gorgeous. Well, Sam Witwer's in Most it. of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I might play that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Zambo game. Mm. Um, he plays a biker. Of course. Yes. And he's got a scraggly beard. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I'll show you pictures later. Um, that sounded weird. <laughs> <laughs> only if you make it. <laughs> uh, so, comic news. Out this week. Dr. Aphra number 30. Yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, Darth Vader Dark Visions number two, which looks very spooky. Yeah, so spooky they they released a they they do it with most of their comics. It's a five page promo, and basically there's an officer um, who witnessed Vader kill a bunch of other officers Sick. for failing, and then he failed, and so it's kind of this almost it, it's really making Darth Vader this almost very spooky vil you know scary villain of like oh my gosh the monster's coming to get me kind of i love it vibe i only i mean it's only like five pages but it gave a really cool vibe the art's really fantastic um so i i'm i'm more excited for this one than i was for the first one the first one was it hit the beats you expect it to hit it was a nice read and everything but i think now that that's out the way we're going to get to uh some maybe better stories yeah, it's like so. the the first season of a television show in order to kind of appease networks. You yeah, gotta... it, it does what you yeah. expect. Yeah. Um, so, Star Wars Adventures, number 19, featuring Obi-Wan and Rex. Yeah. Yay! They've been, throwing the, they, they've been throwing the cover for this one around for quite a while. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a series. I think it's going to be this and maybe two more. Yeah. So 20 and 21, or maybe 21 and 22. Um, yeah. But yeah, it looks nice. Can I just get like a buddy cop kind of comic with uh, Cody and Rex? I'd much rather that than Obi-Wan <laughs> and Rex, because it makes no sense why Obi-Wan's working with Rex when he's got Cody. So yeah. He's cheating that's on just Cody. A pet, it's a pet peeve. I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was also announced that Marvel will be doing a special issue release for May 4th, which is also Free Comic Book Day. Yay! Yay! Clap and applause. Uh, this is in addition to the already announced Free Comic Book Day issue of Tales from Vader's Castle. Yeah, we mentioned that before. Um, it's going to feature Han and Chewie, so we're getting that and a nice little preview um, issue, which is nice. Um, um, going through puberty, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Uh, Marvel Sampler will include previews from Galaxy's Edge, Age of Rebellion, Boba Fett, TIE Fighter, and more, along with new interviews by creators such as Greg Pak and Kieran Gillen. Yeah, so it's it's really nice. I mean, it's really short little glimpses, but I'm excited, especially for the Boba Fett and Galaxy's Edge one. Mm -hmm. um, well, really, all of them. The TIE Fighter one, too, is 
really intriguing me. So, but yeah, um, looking forward to that. That uh, I got the one that had the previews of Darth Maul and a couple of other issues as well. Though it's it's really nice. It's a really great way to get hype for something you already know is going to be good, but it just further confirms that it's going to be good. And it's free, so support your local comic book shops and pick that up. Or, well, if you can't, yeah, <laughs> get it digital. <laughs> yeah, support your local comic book shops anyway. Well, it, if you have one. Yeah, if you have one. And try and just open a dialogue. If there's reasons that you feel conflicted about supporting them, like they don't carry your stuff or they don't seem to be as consistent with receiving new items, just talk with them. Yeah, request um, some. Let them know that there's ways they can improve to get your business, because comic book shops want your business. So the best thing you can do is get to know your comic book shop owners and, you know, uh, just communicate to them. Yeah. You know, um, that's what I've found makes it a little bit easier. Our our local place is pretty good. Um, yeah. The biggest thing there is quantities. The biggest thing we keep coming back to using Comixology for is because... When we go opening day, they just don't have the quantities, and a lot of things go out of stock very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, so usually we end up getting the digital, and then eventually later on getting the physical copy um, for certain series. Yeah. So, you know, we still... Now, we, we don't always get the comics, but we get a lot of Funko from them, so... Oh, yeah. One way or another, they get our business, but j yeah. just find how you can support them, and if there's ways you can you feel like you would do it more if they did something better, then just let them know. Most yeah. most will work with you. If, like, I just need to mention that we buy Funko Pops from GameStop so often that Chris, the manager at GameStop, knows <laughs> yeah. us by name. He, well, he knows us by name because of that and because I have, like, 400,000 points. <laughs> yeah. He asked me again, when are you going like, to use your points? Like, when are you going to use your points? When I want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you do that... You, you you buy Funko Pops there regularly and and like you, you I got street cred with yeah. the with the with the points so. yeah and it's to the point where like he'll tell me to tell you hi yeah. yeah so it's nice but that that's what you get when you support a local place that's the relationships you get yeah. that you don't get if you just get everything online and digital yeah. I know it's easier and we do a lot of online shopping as well but where we can and where we're able we like to support our local places not just because of the stuff but because of the relationship you know exactly. it's nice when we go there and we can have a 20 minute conversation we, we came in to buy one Funko and we have a 20 minute conversation about Star Wars or some other franchise that we love yeah. you know that's things you can't get online like Amazon doesn't talk to you about what's happening in the you know Star Wars news today yeah Brad um, tried to convince me to play Kingdom Hearts there you go still have it yeah <laughs> so you know um, yeah that little that little tangent but yeah just if you, if you can support your local shops i mean yeah. you know gamestop's not like a local local shop but no you know i mean if you can get it in store rather than online try and do that and get to know your guys um or gals that work there you your know. peeps um build those relationships it's really cool yeah we have a friend at target who is on the uh the funko page yeah, yeah. so oh man i was very happy today because yeah. <laughs> you got me my sexy dr ian malcolm I did. The one where he's reclining in the Lionel Richie position. I did a parking lot Funko deal. Yes. Um, <laughs> totally not shady. And this is after you got me my Dr. Facilier in a shady Funko Pop deal. Yeah. Which you do not tell me about. No, nope, because it's supposed to be a surprise. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's also some comic book-ish news. The release of the cover 
With IG-88 on it? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they released a look at the art of the special issue. Though, yeah. Um, so each Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, Age of um, Resistance, they all have a special issue where basically they do three stories in one. Um, in Age of Rebellion, we got Mace Windu, Captain Rex, and uh, Saj Ventress. Mm-hmm. And in this one, we are getting... Well, it's kind of like there's a there's two individuals in a team up. So there's individual Yoda, individual IG eighty eight, and then team up of Porkins and Biggs. Oh, um, that's neat. That's actually a really good style. Because in the other one they did, it was actually Rex and Jar Jar. So yeah, it's like they do a little team up one. Uh, anyway, but yeah, yeah. So one of the variant covers is just IG eighty eight looking awesome uh, so on the cool. cover, um, and I want to say that the cover is by Casper Wingard. I know he's doing the art for the book, um, so I have to imagine that that's his uh, take on the cover for it. Um, His art is amazing. You can find him on Twitter if you just uh, look up Casper Wingard, and he's fantastic. Um, Not just because of this, but he posts all their great art that he does. Um, Also, check out Hayden Sherman, who does the art for Wasted Space, which is my new favorite comic book series. He (laughs) he also posts all kinds of different art that he does that's fantastic. But yeah, the cover was... Uh, it's got me super excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, book news. Yeah. That's also kind of celebration news. Yeah, I'm, I didn't know what to title it as, but... The book? It's both. Um, so it was announced that Celebration attendees will get the chance to pick up exclusive copies of Master and Apprentice and Queen Shadow. Each will have an exclusive cover, and Master and Apprentice will also come with an Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon enamel pen. Yeah. We're going to try and get that one very hard. Well, actually, they're going to make it very easy. Um, So with both of these exclusives, basically, you just walk up to the booth. um, I believe it's booth 3020 or 2030. Say, give me. No, well, you say you want that, and um, they give you a wristband. And then you come come back at it a lot of time, and automatically, all they have to do is see you have the wristband, and take your payment, and give you your book. Just walk up to them and say, I want that. Exactly. Um, So basically, instead of having to do lines, you basically come you know, at an allotted time, um, and there you go. And it can happen any time. If you get a wristband, you are guaranteed a book. So you don't ever have to worry, like, oh, I need to be at the first... No, you don't have to. As long as you've got a wristband, you get a book. So, yeah. I'm still trying to decide if I want the exclusive Leia Funko Pop, which is just blue. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting the boba. I'm not trying. Um, If you don't know my crusade of getting... uh, Funko Pops. I'm trying to get as many Leia Funko Pops as I can. Yeah. So the cool thing about the book stuff is that each person with a badge can get one, and since we don't both need our own copy of Queen Shadow and... Well, we already have Queen Shadow, but get the exclusive Queen Shadow and the exclusive Master and Apprentice, we're going to have two extra ones. So that means we're going to be doing a giveaway! Giveaway! So keep up with uh, us on Twitter and Facebook to find out how you can enter to get uh, some Celebration-exclusive... Uh, books. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and the cool thing is Master and Apprentice opens and comes out April 16th, which is after Celebration ends. So if you're still waiting to go in store to pick it up or if you still haven't ordered it yet, um, you can wait and get our uh, free one during yeah. our giveaway. So there you go. Um, so we got Audible News? Question mark? I guess? I didn't know what to call it. Because uh, so... it's not a book, Yeah. but it's not TV. It's something. <laughs> this week, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost was announced, and it is an audio original, voiced by a full cast uh, uh, 
It's about Ventress looking into Duke Who's past and why he left the Jedi Order. We're finally getting a definitive story. Yeah. Um, it was written by Kevin Scott. Woo woo. Yeah. Um, and narrated by Mark Thompson, and it is available on April 30th. Yep. Now, it's narrated by Mark Thompson, but it is going to have other voices. I have to believe that Great Lyle is going to come in for... Oh. Wait, did she do Ventress? No, she did Ventress in the 2003. What am I thinking? I don't know. Um, oh my gosh, her name escapes me. But the, the young lady that did it for the Clone Wars, the, the Dave Filoni Clone Wars... Um, I have to imagine she's going to be there uh, for her part. I kind of hope that they get Corey Burton to do Dooku, just because I love Mark Thompson, but <laughs> it's Dooku. you get, you got to get that voice. Yeah. So hopefully uh, they can do that. But yeah, it's a full production, and Kevin Scott said, think of it less as a novel, more as a radio drama. Um, I love those. You know, it's it was made for the audio medium, and I think this is great because... Star Wars used to have tons of these uh, back in the day. And that's how so many well-known voice actors came to Star Wars is because they would do it for radio dramas or for uh, convention radio dramas. I mean, this used to be a staple for Star Wars. So yeah. I'm excited to see some return to that. Um, and they are exploring options of having it available later on uh, in a non-audible format. And when I say audible, I don't just mean the app. Um, they have not said that it's going to be Audible exclusive, so it seems like it may be available on other mediums. I'm not aware of other audio listening things, but maybe it's available on iTunes. Spoofy, I mean, maybe? No, probably not spoofy. Prob no, you'd have to pay for it. I feel like iTunes, maybe um, the, the Google Store, I'm not sure. The Google. Um, but yeah, you may be able to purchase it like you purchase a song or a movie or something like that, so yeah. I was kind of expecting our Google to boop or do something, but oh, yeah. I think it's unplugged. Um, that thing is a hair trigger. So, finally, we are to celebration news. Yay! 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 We're f 13 days away. 13 days. Um, so, there has been a disturbance in the fans. Surprise! When is it there, when is it there lately? Surprise! Um... So, Star Wars Celebration announced their new system partnering with ThinkGeek called Lightspeed Virtual Reservation and queuing. And the attending fandom is kind of unhappy about it. Not kind of, pretty unhappy. Not everybody, but a lot. <laughs> I mean, as you, as, I, again, when hasn't that been the case? I mean, everything that comes out seems to be divisive lately, so. Yeah, well. Um... So, fans will be able to use Lightspeed virtual panel reservations to reserve admission for panels all weekend long at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, you really sounded like you belong Sorry. <laughs> uh, fans will have the ability to make advanced panel reservations for panels on the Galaxy and Twin Suns stages. Uh, this provides the opportunity for more fans to enjoy our some of our most exciting panels, which have previously required overnight camping and wristbands. Yeah, they are prohibiting overnight queuing. Don't try it. You don't need to lose your entire week of Star Wars because you decided to line up overnight yeah. and be silly. Don't be a dumb. Um, uh, yeah, the big thing people keep getting upset about... Here's the thing. If you read the website, if you read the website, it has all the information to put you at ease. People, people don't read lost their minds and hadn't even read the details of it 
And then, even after the, all the details have been made, and it's just like, just read everything. Don't just get past the first paragraph and say, oh, I, this sounds terrible, I don't like this. Read everything. Understand it fully. Basically, this is just Star Wars Fast Passes. This is essentially what Disney does with Fast Passes, but for Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. And all it's meant to do is make it so that lines are easier to manage and that ch there's not just chunks of people just sitting everywhere waiting for panels and whatnot. Yeah. Due to the virtual reservations, it means that you know you've got a spot, you just got to show up at the right time. And then there's the lotteries that you can win specific seating in the panels. So all it is is if you miss the lottery, it doesn't matter. There's still online reservation. Yeah. Do you remember, like, in 2013 at Comic-Con, there was, like, a guy got stabbed over a seat. Oh, I'm sure. I believe For a panel. It. He got stabbed with a mechanical pencil, so it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but, like, Nerd. still. Assault. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's not Comic -Con. assault. It's a graphite. Um... It's, but it's so freaking, I, it's so frustrating. It's disappointing. <laughs> it's so frustrating. All the, all the crap that I keep seeing all over social media about people losing their minds over this. And it's the thing is, I, w I was unsure about it as well. But first of all, I wasn't going to say anything until after I've read all the information. Because why freak out before I know everything? Yeah. And once I've read everything, again, it makes it sound like Disney Fast Passes, where it's like, you can... Get the dis digital reservation. The, the, they're the cat that's yelling. Piglet, come on. Goodness gracious. She's so angry. Um, it's because you cleaned her ears. You know, they're basically saying that digitally you're going to reserve a spot. Once that fills up, there's overflow on two other stages where you can also win lotteries uh, to get specific seating, or you can just show up. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't mean that if you don't do the, the lotteries that you're not going to... They're 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 wanting you to just digitally say you're gonna go to this this panel. Once that you know, once they've reached the threshold, they're just gonna say, Okay, now we need to use the overflows. Yeah. That's all it is. And it's so that people can experience more of the convention without having to spend all of the dang time in line. Yeah. And I love that because this is our first time going and I don't wanna be in line all the time. I wish that was an option for uh for uh, uh what's it called? Disney. Yeah, I mean that's that's the nice thing about it. I mean, and and that's what Fast Pass basically is. The difference is, with Disney, you get allotted Fast Passes. Um, this would be like if they added in, or you can try for your chances and get, you know, first ride of the day or blah. You know, win. You the lottery just means you win a reservation, and you win, um, you know, essentially good seating and everything. Uh, the rest of it is just like you reserve and you get what you get. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm just it's like, not that bad. it's not that bad, guys. You're gonna get to your panels, and if you don't get into the main room, guess what? There's two overflow rooms. Yeah. It's like it's gonna be fine. It's like when people go to Disney and then complain because they have to wait for a character. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal, guys. It's fine. Also, the the costumes are very hard to get My, in and out of. I, I, the the big thing is, it's just like. If we were doing the waiting in line stuff that they've done for years, it would just be, oh, I hate how much we have to wait in line for all this other... I mean, no matter what you do with Star Wars fans, they're always going to complain. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's everyone. I know there's people out there that have the same attitude I am of just being tired of hearing people complain about this stuff. Yeah. But there's so many people who are just yeah. losing their minds, and I, just, I, th I think that everybody just needs to calm down. You're going to Celebration... 
Yeah. You're gonna get to meet some people. You're gonna get to some panels. You're gonna buy some cool stuff. You're like, just be grateful that you're doing what you're doing. Have fun doing it. And if you make it into the lottery, cool. If you make the reservation, like, just have fun. Goodness gracious, it's Star Wars celebration. Have fun. Not Star Wars complain. Exactly. So just have fun. If you're going, cool. Um, let us know what panels you're you're going to try and get in the lottery for. We're trying to get in the lottery for at least episode nine. Yeah. That's the main one I want to be in the main room for. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else I'm fine with being in the overflow rooms. Yeah. I just want to see the information and everything. But, yeah, we're trying to get in episode nine with the lottery. Um, if not, we're going to try and reserve quick enough to get it. So we shall see. Hopefully. Um, you know, and the cool thing is they've also, it's not just for panels, it's also for merch. Um so you can apply for lotteries to win a specific time to go to the exclusive stores and get the exclusive merch. All that, again, just to cut down on lines. Everybody's going to want it. So if you can win a time where you can go, cool. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have to fight the crowds. And here's the cool thing. I saw at least with the uh, Funko, they're giving away 1,500 lotteries. Wow. They're giving away, like, 1,500 people can get in to get their exclusive stuff. So that means a lot of people, <laughs> you know, so I don't think we have to worry about there not being enough reservations or lotteries or like yeah. it's going to be all right. You it, yeah. It's, it's 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 Star Wars celebration again. Uh I don't I don't how I don't know how you can uh not be excited and and not have fun for it and just keep your head up and be positive about it. Be excited about all the great things that are going to happen there. Uh, and focus on that. Don't worry about the other stuff. Yeah. It'll all, I mean, it'll all work out. So, John, what's that? I hear a distant beeping. It's a, it's a boop, boop, I think boop, you're having a seizure. <laughs> this isn't my design. <laughs> Listen, I, I stayed up until 4 a.m. last night watching Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, whose fault is that? Uh, insomnia. Or you. Yes. Could be. Probably not, though. It's always someone else's fault. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to receive a transmission from the banking clan and then we'll get into the main show. All right, guys. So, Amazon. You know it, you love it, and we got some deals for you from it. So, uh, as usual, you can um, find a link in the description for a cool Amazon Prime 30-day free trial. The cool thing about Amazon Prime is you get Prime Delivery, which gets you all the things that you love, but faster. Um, you get exclusive deals on special swag, get access to TV shows, movies, and Prime original entertainment. Also, unlimited access to millions of songs. All that with a great Prime membership that you can give 30 days to see if it fits you. Uh, and if that doesn't fit you, there if, if you just want the music, if you just want the movies, if you just want the food or the education, there's Primes to fit all kinds of lifestyles. So, check out the link in the description, see what Prime fits your life, and then get it. Um, you can also, for 30 days, for one month, try Audible, uh, and you get two books free when you sign up. That's what's up. Um, so you get one audiobook and two Audible Originals every month, 
Um, so when you sign up, you get the two books. Um, but after that, if you continue on with Audible, each month of your membership is going to look like one audiobook of your choice and two Audible originals. Um, and that's only for $14.95 a month. For $14.95, you get that. And you can roll over any unused credits. So each month you get that credit for a new audiobook. And if you don't want to use it, you can keep it for up to five months. And so you can save up and, and find the uh, free uh, free book you want. Uh, and if you check it out, you get a few chapters in and realize you don't want it, you can actually exchange it very easily um, through Audible. And cancel anytime. And the best part is, once you do cancel, you get to keep all your books. So your account pretty much stays there and you get to keep all the books that you read, you tried, and all that other stuff. Um, and so it's a pretty good deal. And for those two books that you get free on sign up, we're recommending The Perfect Weapon uh, and From a Certain Point of View. They're two Star Wars books that come uh, into our main show topic today. And so if you want to know more about them, read them for yourself, or, well, actually hear them for yourself, then uh, check out the Audible free trial. Get them there uh, with your first two free book credits. You can also give the gift of Audible. Uh, I know a lot of listeners um, already have Audible. Well, guess what? If you love it, you can share it. You can choose from one, three, six, or 12-month memberships to share with those you love. Uh, make them read. Make them hear the books and get educated. You get three titles each month um, for either membership. One audiobook and two Audible originals, just like a normal membership. You get 30% off of any additional audiobooks. That sounds like a good deal. And it's an audiobook library they'll own forever. So if you love Audible, share it with somebody else. You can find a link in the description to help you do that. Also, again, as it becomes relevant to our uh, stories today, we're going to recommend that you pick up a copy of Tales from Moss Eisley. It's a Legends book that's a collection of a lot of great short stories. You can check out a link for that. Or if you're more into the canon, if, you, if it's got to be canon for you to love it, that's cool. We've got Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away, which deals with some of the characters that we see and meet in Maz's castle. And there's a link in the description for that as well. So we got you covered on Legends, Canon, and if you're excited about Galaxy's Edge like we are, get more excited because you can pre-order Galaxy's Edge Black Spire right now with the link in the description. That's a lot of Amazon deals, guys. That's a lot of awesomeness. So check them out. Uh, if you find something you like, get it and support the show. Uh, and so, yeah, enjoy that. And now, back to the show. All right. So, as we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, uh, today we're talking about some weird stories, some interesting stories, some tragic stories. Cause Tragedy. I, I, I had to include my favorites. Yeah. Um, lots of things where, uh, essentially, if you don't look too deeply, things are a lot simpler. But the mm. more you look the more you start to see that there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, these guys, you, we're not talking about explicitly main characters, maybe save for one, um, and and yet they have an extensive uh, background. They have an intriguing background, uh, and certainly one that's entertaining, mm -hmm. but only if you know about it. Yeah, like the... Whenever we watch a dropy with like characters you've never heard of, I've never heard of any of them except for one or two. Uh huh. Like Darth Millennial, you had to oh, tell yeah, me about that, that right. one. Um, um, I forgot they did that one. Yeah. So and, and and that's kind of our aim is you know mostly to focus on characters, 
either, oh, I've heard of them, but I had no idea this was going on, yeah. or, oh, I've seen them, but I didn't know their name or didn't know their story, or just, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's often times where I will ask you about someone, though, and you will say, no. I cannot tell you about this person. Well, I can't tell you about it. I mean, you asked about the Bendu. I can't tell you about the Bendu. What's the Bendu, guys? I can't tell you. They can't tell you. They're not allowed to tell you. Bendu. I want to know. Well, you got to watch Rebels. I plan on it. Exactly. we got to finish Clone Wars first. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, it's meant to be a kind of combination. It's just going to be an interesting conversation about interesting characters, and hopefully you're interested. Um, if I not... I will do my best. Yeah, come back next week. Uh, but, yeah, so it's... I think it's going to be intriguing. And the cool thing is you can tell us who your favorites are. What are some of your favorite background characters with a huge and ridiculous backstory? We couldn't cover everyone in this uh, episode, and we'll probably revisit this topic again. But um, let us know some of your favorites or some of the ones that intrigue you, uh, and maybe they'll end up on a future show uh, I mean, uh, all about the same topic. Yeah, for Pete's sake. Uh, Dr. Revazon. Yeah. And Ponda Baba. Really blew up. Yeah. I mean, they had, even in Legends, they had an extensive story. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, in canon, they've really, you know, turned around to be very important. Mm-hmm. Not just because, not because they're in the limelight, per se, but, you know, it, it's taking characters that you're just like, oh, they're just there. Yeah. Uh, and made them important. Yeah, like, the the fact, the simple fact that the Dracraniated was in... I'm surprised you finally got the name. Thank you. It's <laughs> Felucia. <laughs> <laughs> it's always impressive when you do that. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah he made the yeah. decree needed. And, um, that's and, just... th- and, and they're in use very regularly by eh, scum and villain, but th- pretty regular. Like, yeah. you know, you think this is just some drunk dude who's starting to fight mm-hmm. for no reason. But uh, in reality, he's wanted in 12 systems for a reason. Exactly, and it's just like he picked the wrong farm boy to mess with, <laughs> apparently, that day. So, yeah. But yeah, stuff like that. I just find it so interesting. And those are the ones that I think are fun to sit down and talk about because it's just like, yeah. haha, you didn't think it went this far, but it went further. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so one, one um, I've talked about before, but I wanted to start with just because it is one of the most convoluted, um, is yeah. Triclops. We mentioned Triclops in a Q&A back when we did our episode interviewing Michael Morisi. Um, when we asked you guys to tell us your favorite weird Star Wars thing. And this was my favorite weird Star Wars thing. And it still is. It's um, so weird, guys. And that's why I wanted to kind of expound upon I didn't get into the full detail of Triclops. Um, so I wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk more about Triclops. Now, here's the thing. Most people are not going to know who Triclops is because most people probably haven't read the books. And there's no point when you would be like, oh, yeah, I saw him in that one scene. He wasn't in any of the films. The part that connects him to being the character that I want to talk about to make you go, wait, what that? what's that story? Is because Triclops is Palpatine's son. Dun, dun. Uh, that's the, you know, (laughs) so it's more about how it gives a really weird, crazy story to Palpatine more than anything. Um, Yeah, I just can't imagine anyone bearing a child. Yeah, well, it was, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? It's the Umbaran uh, aid that he has um, that supposedly birthed uh, Triclops. Uh, I can't, I can't remember her name, but she's the pale white lady with the huge high collar, 
that you see in a couple scenes most prominently when Anakin comes to visit Palpatine in the opera house. Mm -hmm. She's one of the ones sitting right next to him. There, there was, they were supposedly lovers. Gross. Um, they were supposedly, uh, you know, entangled. And, Ew. <laughs> Please never use that word again. <laughs> she was uh, even called the Queen of the Empire and all this other stuff. She was, you know, she was very loyal to him and everything. Uh, but she was also, like most Umbarans, very into uh, experimenting with technology uh, and pushing the boundaries. And that supposedly led to the birth of Triclops, but also her death during that. Hmm. So, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But yeah, so really, it's about, hey, you thought you knew Palpatine. Did you know he had a son? Did you know his son had three eyes? <laughs> I love that... So weird. I love that the kid was supposed to be, like, malformed and all this other stuff, and by some regards still is, but it was supposed to be this big scientific failure uh, that created his birth, and yet the only thing is he's got three eyes. Like, that's livewithable. He just looks like a regular dude. Exactly. Oh, God. That's what, well... Never mind. Well, he, that's the thing. You can, Oh, that's her. That's her right there. Yeah, wow. So that's the thing. If you Google Triclops, you're going to see two, and that's where this story comes from. So Triclops... Uh, is a central character in the Jedi Prince series written by Paul and Hollis Davids from 1992 to 1993. So this is in prime real estate of Star Wars EU stuff. So Triclops is Palpatine's illegitimate son. He was sent into solitary exile uh, the very moment that he was born because the Emperor sensed that his son could become more powerful of a master in the dark side than he was. Nevertheless... Palpatine overlooked one important fact about his son. Triclops was a pacifist. Was. Triclops was so named because he had three eyes. The third being in the back of his head. That's important. And during his exile, the Empire uh, began to administer shock treatment therapies and eventually drove him insane. Uh, and so he then sent, was sent to the Imperial Insane Asylum on the planet Kessel. While there, he met a nurse named Kil oh my gosh, Kendaliana, um, a Jedi princess. The two fell in love and eventually conceived a child. Kendal oh my god, I'm gonna call her Ken. Uh, was eventually murdered, however, and their son, Ken, Ken <laughs> uh, was taken away from the asylum by an unnamed Jedi master and took into the lost city of the Jedi on Yavin Four, where he was raised. Uh, for the first 12 years of his life, Ken eventually joins the Rebel Alliance, where Luke discovers him. Back to Triclops, though. Triclops was made to work in the spice mines of Kessel under the slave lord Trioculus. Yeah, looking at that now, jeez. Trioculus is the self-proclaimed son of, and heir of Palpatine. Uh, and his, you know, as his name implies, he has three eyes as well. Yeah. But, but more <laughs> like you'd expect, he has... Two normal eyes and one on his forehead. It's very wrinkly. So he, also got a he in. yeah, he attempts to uh, he so he's lying, pretending to be Palpatine's son. Um, and uses the idea that oh everybody knew his son his rumored son had three eyes. Yeah. So he used that to his advantage. He I mean it's not fake. He actually has three eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, but nobody knew anything about the kid under other than that. So he instantly get, gained a lot of power. Um, one thing that helped his journey is that he uh, begins to attempt to retrieve the glove worn on the hand that Darth Vader lost in his duel with Luke in Return of the Jedi. 
This glove is rumored to bestow great power upon its holder because it was prophesied by a dwarf named the Supreme Prophet of the Dark Side, Caden, <laughs> that the next emperor would wear the glove of Darth Vader. But if the glove don't fit, <laughs> you must acquit. <laughs> so Trioculus is eventually killed. Of course. By a robot replica of Princess Leia. What is going on? <laughs> Help me. Uh, and uh, so after pledging pacifism and his desire to see the Empire's demise, so kind of a contradiction there, Triclops was taken in by the Rebel Alliance. So what's happened at this point? A lot of... Pl I, I'm, I'm really breezing over, but a lot of the plot centers around that is Trioculus is trying to take power of the Empire... And it's been prophesied that if he gets the glove of Darth Vader, he'll be the new emperor. Uh, meanwhile, the actual son is out there somewhere and eventually falls into the hands of the Rebel Alliance. There's also a character called uh, Commodore Zugs. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of characters. Oh, there's geez. a lot of weird characters. What is up This with was Star the Wars? EU, folks. Is Star Wars okay? So, it is now. So. Oh, gross. Trioculus was taken. What? Just a picture of Leia and Han kissing in Aww. a very weird way. So gross. Uh, so, Triclops was taken in by the Rebel Alliance. And uh, he unknowingly discovers top secret files. Alliance scientists discovered that the Empire, Empire had fitted Triclops with an implant that transmitted these plans to Imperial probe droids. Uh... And so basically, he has a camera in him. So when he sees these plans, mm -hmm. the Empire sees these plans. I see here. So he, they, they kind of turned him into a sleeper agent of sorts. To counter this, though, the Alliance deliberately inputs disinformation into the file and allows the sleeping trioculus, Triclops to transmit the data to a nearby probe droid, thus giving the Empire faulty uh, information. The Alliance scientists eventually, after a lot of tests, find that macabre mushrooms would destroy the implant uh, in Triclops' mind without basically doing any brain damage. So he did shrooms to get rid of an implant. Not quite. So Luke Skywalker had to go on an expedition to a planet called Azrid to find these mushrooms uh, and eventually bring them back. But, turns out they didn't need them because Triclops escaped uh, and leaves a goodbye letter to his son, basically, and, and just goes on the lam. Is Star Wars okay? <laughs> it is now, again, I say. Um, yeah, so that's that's not the whole story. There's a lot more in there. Um, that if you're, if you're brave enough and willing, you can go check that out. Um, but yeah, because it was meant to be this big twist because, yeah, Triclops looks normal, but he's got a secret third eye. And so it was meant to be this whole thing of like, you know, wait, you're not the Emperor's son. You don't have three eyes. Yes, I do. And he, like, turns around and it's just like, ha-ha. Uh, you know, it's meant to be, like, a big twist, but... Yeah. Do you Did you ever read uh, Sideways Stories from Wayside School? No. It's by Louis Sacker, the guy who wrote Holes. Um, I gotta look up what the actual name is, because I don't remember. Um, there was a lady in that book who... That was the first full chapter book that I read. Um, Good for you. Thank you. I was like five, six. I don't remember. Um, that she had a third ear, in mm. like on her head, and it allowed her to read people's thoughts. <laughs> what? Exactly. And like, 
Because because ears can read. <laughs> yeah, I need to like find that book because that was one of my favorite books when I was a kid. Well, yeah, it's got a lady with three ears. Of course, it would be. Yeah. So yeah, yeah but uh, it's it's a very crazy, wacky story, um, and it's it it's one of those reasons I bring up for why I think it was a really good decision to, instead of sifting through the good and the bad of the EU, to just say, hey, let's write our own stories, our own new stories. Sideways stories from Rayside School. There you go. Yep. So, yeah, because I don't think this is the kind... First of all, I don't want Palpatine to have a kid. I don't want any heirs to the Empire. I don't want any... I don't want any vies for the throne. I don't want Game of Thrones stuff with Palpatine's kids. Uh I don't want Palpatine to have clones. I don't want clones of Luke. I don't want all that weird, crazy stuff that you can do just because you don't know what else to do with Star Wars. You know, I, I just that's that's not for me. Yeah. So I don't. I I'm glad this is one of the stories that got shelved. And if you loved it, if you like it, if it intrigues you and interests you, cool. It's still out there for you to read. Uh, but for the rest of us, we I think we're we're good with leaving it on the shelf. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those weird ones. Um, and I don't think anybody with three eyes is ever not going to be weird, though. It's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. If you didn't know, uh, again, we did talk about it briefly, but there, the, there's, there's pretty much, uh, there's, there's the, the highlights of the story of Triclops, the son of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. So you can wow your friends with knowledge about that weird character. Moving on uh, to our next character, though. Um, one that I wanted to talk about on our Women of the Galaxy Rogues edition. Didn't get a chance to, but I'm glad we got around to being able to work her in again. Because she's one. She's a very interesting character that I've, I've come to like a lot more. Yeah. Um, and that's Bazine Natel. So Bazine Natel appears in um, Force Awakens. She is the lady with the cowl and the zebra print dress, essentially, uh, that reports the uh, p- reports Han and Chewie and them uh, to the First Order. Mm-hmm. She's the one that brings the First Order to Maz's castle on Takodana and so forth. That's really all you get of her in the film. Takodana is still one of my favorite names. <laughs> <laughs> Takodana. Um, we just need a friend named Donna that we can call Takodana. Takodana. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that's pretty much all you see of her in the film. She did get a cool little uh, short story tie-in book. Um, that's the perfect weapon that we mentioned in our Amazon blurb at the yeah. t- um, earlier. So you can actually pick up that book with a link in the description if you haven't checked it out before. Um, it's a really good book, and it really adds to her a lot more. And then... On top of that, uh, Michael Morisi got to bring her uh, forward a little bit more with the Flight of the Falcon series as she's hunting down the Falcon, supposedly prior to the events of The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. um, eventually leading us to her circumstance of finding it in The Force Awakens. So she's been able to come forward a lot more and become an interesting character, but there's a lot that, again, if you haven't read the book and um, checked out more of her character that you might not know about. Mm-hmm. And... We're going to leave a lot of it open-ended because we want you to go check out uh, Delilah Dawson's book, The Perfect Weapon. You, we want you to go read more about Bazine, and but hopefully by talking a little bit about her, that'll encourage you to do it. So, Bazine Natel grew up as an orphan on Choctaw. 
uh, where she learned a range of deadly martial arts at Defly, uh, Delphi, sorry. Deflies. Deflies. That's one of my favorite um, Jeff Goldblum movies. Don't yeah, it die. is a great movie. Uh, Delphi, 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 Clotho's combat school. I, I see why you messed it up. Goodness gracious. Gracious. Delphi, uh, Clota, by the way, it was once a member of the Conja Club, uh, and right-hand man to Tasu Leech. Huh. Uh, Conja Club being one of the groups that comes to try and kill Han Solo for... That being the swindler that he exactly like that became such a meme. Like we had a full conversation in Target the other day of how bad of a smuggler Han Solo oh, yeah. is. <laughs> He's real bad. Um, yeah, and so we see some of Conja Club. So the guys that trained, um, or the guys that were high high members of the Conja Club trained uh, Bazine in martial arts styles and whatnot. If you need a frame of reference, the guys that played Conja Club uh, were also in. Oh my gosh, what was that uh, martial arts film? The one where it's like the hotel and he fights up the levels. Old Man? Old Man. Old Boy. Yes, Old Boy. Great movie, by the way. Um, Fantastic film. I think at least two of them, two of the actors, were in that. So, if you need a frame of reference for the kind of combat skills that she has, just watch Old Boy. Yeah, uh, just really watch Old movie. Boy in general. So, Bazine became something of a master of disguise as well. So, she's great at combat. She could kick your butt, but she could also disappear into a crowd. She's able to hide her fingerprints, um, cover her lips with poison, and even emulate other species. Which is impressive since she's not a, um, uh, Claudite. Yes. Um, which is, uh, Zam Wessel's species, the, the, uh, changeling. Zam. Um, Cloda... Uh, hope to train Bazine into being the perfect weapon, hence the the Sounds title of the book. Um, and he even went so far as to kill anyone she grew attached to so that they couldn't interfere with his plans for her. Here's the thing, guys. Bazine Natel is basically a black widow that never turned her life around. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a very similar backstory. Um, so if you basically want Star Wars Black Widow... Uh, there you go. Go read The Perfect Weapon. But, um, yeah, so basically it's just like, oh, you know, Bernadette was helping me with my homework. Oh, okay. She must die. <laughs> <laughs> you must die. It's like me with anyone that tries to date our daughter one day. Yeah. Um, Natel, so some of her gear. Let's talk about some of that. So Natel's baffle weave dress uh, actually jams sensors. So um, she basically blocks cell phone calls with her dress. That's it's pretty cool. Um, while her black cow hides burn damage that she was in, that was inflicted by a flamethrower in her youth. That's a story. Uh, yeah. Um so <laughs> you know when you were a kid playing outside with your your friends and That's all that's sudden. why you use sunscreen kids. <laughs> well, have you ever like taken an axe spray? And, oh, like, okay. That, that started. That sentence started so differently. <laughs> have you ever just taken an axe? Yeah. <laughs> and my axe. Uh, no, I've never worn an axe, actually. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> I, I, I'm proud to say um, I missed that fad. But yeah, like an axe body spray and made a flamethrower out of it? No, but I did uh, blow up non-dairy creamer. Yes, that is uh, That is flammable. It's incredibly so, flammable. But don't 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 try that at home, kids. Don't no. be like Bazine Natel. Don't um, be like us. <laughs> she looks good in the cow, but uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's uncomfortable. So uh, other other things in her arsenal. So she usually has a snub nose blaster, little nice easy to hide blaster, a poison dagger, mm -hmm. throwing knives, and concealed thermal detonators. I 
don't want to know where she hides them. That's um, one one day, years after Bazine went off on her own to work as a mercenary, Clodagh betrayed his former student and left her to die inside a wax cell full of wasp creatures. Wax cell. So basically, the wax eventually left, and the creatures were inside. And, and uh, well, they wanted the the or they wanted the uh, wax. So eventually, they were going to get through the wax and get to her. Okay. Kind of thing. It it, it explains okay. it better in the book, but uh, yeah, basically, he just basically just was done with her, just kind of threw her away in a very uh, terrible way, mm-hmm. and so but she was able to escape though and took her revenge, uh, and I'll leave it up to you to find out how she does that satisfyingly by reading the book. Read How many book. times can I say it? So yeah, Delilah Dawson wrote uh, The Perfect Weapon uh, way back um, before The Force Awakens, or or just after, I can't remember. Um, it's a really great read. It's a really interesting one. And like I said, what really got me with with that book is like I, I kept coming back to, man, this really would make a great kind of similar story for Black Widow in a movie. Because mm-hmm. she seems to give hints at a very similar kind of upbringing. Of course, Black Widow turned her life around. Whereas Bazine, as far as we know, just continued to be the bad gal. She took a job for, we don't know who yet, to find the Falcon uh, and Han Solo with it. Oh, no, actually, I believe we do know. I think she was hired by the First Order, if what? I remember correctly. Um, I don't know. Either way, um, she eventually tracks down other uh, great and familiar characters like Imbo, like IG-88, oh. uh, like Duquesne, and we so many more. We saw a really great Embo cosplay recently. On social media. On yeah. social media. I'm sure we'll see more at Celebration. Oh, we're gosh. Gonna be, we're going we're gonna to be doing a lot of coverage on that. We love, we love uh, talented people with cosplay. So. I can't wait. But yeah, so Bazinatel, really, really, really interesting character. And one you'd likely miss out on if you just treat her as that weird talking lady from The Force Awakens. Yeah. So, Don't just um, treat her like that. Treat her like a lady. Yeah. Treat her like a lady. That's so not the song, but read, I appreciate You can go check out uh, The Perfect Weapon. You can check out the Flight of the Falcon series if you want more of Bazine the Tell. Mm-hmm. And it's highly recommended. We, we, we enjoyed all those stories, so there you go. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um, so staying kind of-ish in canon. This one's fun. Kind of? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'll explain. So a lot, this was almost my favorite weird Star Wars thing. Um, but Triclops ended up winning. But it's a good second. And some will know him. It is Jackson. I, I love Jackson. He's a great kid. <laughs> this is J-X-X-O-N. That's, Jackson. D- does he have a white mom? N- no. <laughs> uh, Jackson is a Lepi smuggler, uh, which basically means that his species is giant green anthropomorphic rabbits. Uh, so like the rabbit from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, more like Roger Rabbit, but yeah, along Wait, those what? lines. <laughs> Hold on. In terms of goofiness and, and whatnot. Google? Um, so Jackson first appeared in the comic books released by Marvel in the 70s and 80s, um, the original Star Wars comics. Uh, he first appeared in Star Wars number 8, where he took a job from Han Solo in the original Marvel comics as part of oh the Star gosh. Hoppers of Aduba 3. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the Star Hoppers were a mercenary force given the job of defending <laughs> a small village on Ankara. After the Star, star Hoppers were finished protecting the community from, get this, 
the Cloud Riders. What the heck is this? It's a giant green rabbit. It's a giant You're missing green my reference. I'm listening entirely. to No, them. you're not. I'm listening. Okay. The Cloud Riders, yes. Uh-huh. Sound familiar at all? No? My maybe. brain's not working? No. Uh, so that was the name of the biker gang led by Emphis Nest in Solo. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So the group was forced uh, to battle the behemoth from the world below. <laughs> Thanks to Han Solo's uh, efforts, the giant monster was killed, and as a result, Jackson was able to obtain the money he needed to repair his ship. Jackson even got into some uh, adventures later on with Luke Skywalker uh, for a short run, but apparently George Lucas hated Jackson. I can't imagine why. So much that they retired him eight issues later. <laughs> and he was never heard from again <laughs> until, <laughs> until until last year. Oh, boy. In 2018, in Star Wars canon, when Kevin Scott introduced Jackson of to Star Wars course, Adventures. <laughs> of course it was Kevin Scott. Uh, yes, Kevin Scott introduced Jackson oh. to Star Wars Adventures, and Jackson is once again canon. Kevin Scott, you beautiful weirdo. The giant green rabbit is canon. We love That's you. a thing. And you should <laughs> you should really check out the stories. It's a weird part of Star Wars, man. Um, you sounded like the dude there for a second. <laughs> it's... It really ties the room together. It's crazy, because we just, um... In Dooku, the Age of the Republic issue, there's an anthropomorphic um, tiger Jedi. Yeah. You know, you got Tony the Tiger, That's, you got Trix Rabbit. Um, so weird. Yeah. And so, um, did you realize that his name is Trix, and the kids always trick him into not getting the cereal? No. Yeah, I, I've always thought about that. If tricks are for kids, then what? Isn't it his brain? What? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I haven't had real cereal in months. I just know that when you just take animals and make them humanoid and call them Star Wars aliens, it's, it's really weird. weird. <laughs> it do it just doesn't quite work. <laughs> it's like they're trying to do. They trying. Uh, it's like they are trying to do uh, what uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did in the nineties. Just like. Oh, this is an animal. It right. looks weird. It should it just just you should give it some radioactive ooze and and make it a character. I uh, say well, that, but like it's a great plot point for <laughs> the they're mo not the most recent series, but the Nickelodeon series. Yeah. I love. Oh, everybody that. was a mutant. Everybody was a mutant. <laughs> the Bebop, Bebop, Beatbox, and Be Rocksteady. <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady. Their design was a little weird, but I still love it. It's not that as whole weird. show is weird, but it's it's fantastic. I, was, I think it's I think along the lines, it's more like a Rocket Raccoon situation, mm, gotcha. where like I know for a lot of people, Rocket was a weird intro because it's just it's a talking raccoon, um, and I think what makes it a little bit more difficult is because it's in comic form, he obviously looks so cartoony. And so it makes it feel more like Star Wars Looney Tunes a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, seriously, it looks like Roger Rabbit. Yeah, just green. Uh, or, like, it looks like Roger Rabbit when he drank. There you go. Yes. Um, it, yeah, so it's 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 a little, it's a weird space. But the good part is it it's fun. I, I think Jackson has always been at least a fun character. Yeah. It's one where it's like, you don't try and, you know hide the fact that it's weird. Yeah. You're you're fully aware of the fact that it's weird. Yeah. But also, at least it's fun. 
How many people don't know that uh, Roger Rabbit was based on a very gritty noir novel about a cartoon that actually murders people? Well, I have quite a few people. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's not as good as the movie, in my opinion. No. Um, but yeah, so Jackson's weird, but there you go. If you've ever wondered, yes, there is a giant green rabbit in Star Wars. For some reason. Who's a worse smuggler than Han Solo. So wow. there you go. That is there, I think that's the reason Jackson exists. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can check out Star Wars Adventures, um, the most recent issues from um, actually April of last year where Jackson was introduced and, and get that goodness. That is wild. Um, but on to more serious ones. Oh boy. Um, on to more interesting ones. These are some of my favorites. Um... Which means that they are tragic. Uh, two out of three. So, the next few um, mainly come um, from reading the book from a certain point of view. One of my favorite books to date to be released in the new Star Wars canon. I absolutely love it, and I wish they would do one for the Empire Strikes Back anniversary as well. Um, but we shall see. But, uh, yeah, basically it's 40 short stories from 40 different authors for the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, mm -hmm. and A New Hope. Um, and so basically, it follows the timeline of the film. The f You know, it starts with a story on the Tantive V4, and it ends with a story after the trench run and all this other yeah. stuff. And so basically, you're going through the journey of the film, but through the eyes of other characters. Um, you do pass through the perspective of familiar characters like Obi-Wan and, and whatnot, but... Uh, for the most part, you're you're learning about and experiencing characters you're not familiar with, uh, and so forth and so on. And so, I love from a certain point of view. Um, I can't me. do enough praise uh, for all the work that went into it with a lot of a lot of familiar and great authors um, and a lot of great stories, all except the Boba Fett one. But I'm not better. Um, but. We're not talking about Boba Fett. Yeah, you can talk about why you don't like the Boba Fett one later. Uh, just because I just don't feel like it's Boba Fett's character at all, and instead of getting Tamora Morrison, of all people, to do the voice of it on the audiobook, they got freaking John Hamm, so it just sounds like John Winchester. You've hammed me, sir! Uh, it's just, I, I didn't like it at all, because John Hamm also made it sound even more smug than it was written, and it's just not the character... I think they've built Boba Fett up to be in any way, and it was a huge missed opportunity to reinforce that Tamora Morrison as Jango Fett is also Boba Fett and so forth and so on. It's just frustrating. I'm not bitter. Um, but other than that one story, uh, everything else is great. So 39 out of 40 ain't bad. And we're going to talk about three out of those 39. Yay! Starting with Captain Ramus Antilles. Ramus. Good okay. name. Yeah. Oh, it's a, I love that name. So Captain Ramus Antilles, if you don't know, is the captain on the Tantive for overseeing and working with Leia. He's the one that delivered the plans to her at the end of Rogue One. He's the one that gets choked out by Darth Vader in Episode 4. So that is, folks, for you, Captain Ramus Antilles. Those are his most memorable moments. Wow. But what happened in between that? I'm glad you asked. So in certain point of view, basically he and Leia, they're checking the conditions. He's just anxious as all get out because he doesn't like the idea that of all the secret missions they've done, this is the first time they've done something very bold-faced. They were clearly seen fleeing the scene of a crime. And now, of course, the Empire really wants them. Of course. And so he's 
not happy about the circumstances, and he knows that it's kind of bleak. And so as they're preparing um, to head to Tatooine and try and make the most of the the redeeming, or trying to redeem the situation as much as they can, mm-hmm. he heads back to his quarters, and we find out that Ramus has a wife and two daughters. Oh boy. And so he sits there pondering his family life and, and thinking about them and how much he loves them, and he's trying to write letters to each of them to explain uh, things, just in case. Um, and... It's just when he's about to write the first letter to his wife uh, that the ship shakes and all of a sudden uh, they're being boarded and he has to prepare his men and the ship for uh, the stormtroopers that are about to approach. He gets a really meaningful moment with Leia where, you know, she sends him off and says, you know, you've got your job, I've got to do mine and all kinds of stuff. And there's a really nice just moment of that and... We get through, I mean, we go through all the moments, including the moments when he's being strangled by Darth Vader. And this is the first story, and it's beautifully written by Gary Whitta, who also worked on writing Rogue One. Um, and so there's a lot of meaningfulness in it, and, and it's it's just wonderful. And it gives me my favorite line out of the entire book, and it's the last line of his chapter, and it says, In the end, he hoped. Because in the end, he was thinking about how Leia was going to uh, see it done. She was going to get it done one way or another. It wasn't going to be for everything. That this was happening so that she can do what she had to do and so forth. And it's my favorite line of just... it's And it's just one solo line. In the end, he hoped. And that's just really nice. Um, and that's a poetic way to end his uh, story. You know, don't doesn't have to be all gruesome or anything like that. It's just... You you know what happens. You know what the end is. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to know that in the end, uh, he knew what he was dying for. The tragedy of it is just that he was... His my, his wife and kids aren't going to know. Yeah. They're going to know Daddy died, but they're not going to... They're not going to know all the beautiful things he was thinking of them and all that other stuff. It was just... Oh, my goodness. So... It was fantastic. Ah, oh, so good. You, and it was the first story. <laughs> you are a freak who loves tragedy. I don't know. It just... It reminds me I feel something. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was great, and it was the first story, so it sets expectations. Yeah. I'm sad now. Oh, it's so great. So, let's go to a little less depressing. Eh. Ah. Just following the timeline, eventually we get to Tatooine, okay? Uh, And you remember the the character with the elephant nose, the character that reports the falcon to the uh, Empire? I do, in fact. I've always been wondering what his name was. Well, here he's called Long Snoot. (laughs) 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 Um, But that's just a nickname for him. His real name is Garindin Ez Zavor. I'd like to apologize for that terrible laugh I just did. That just really (laughs) caught me off guard. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to continue to call him Long Snoot because both... Uh, his his real name's difficult, and his fake name is just cute. Yeah. So Long Snoot. Um, so the, the, from the certain point of view, also expounds on Long Snoot. He, he's a little tragic in the sense that you think, oh, he's just the bad guy that reports the ship and gets his money and blah 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 blah. You know, go, just goes on and does his own thing. So nothing redeemable. He's just a bad guy. Well, from a certain point of view, decides to expound on maybe why he chose to do what he did. Turns out that Long Snoot is from a respected hive on Kubindi. 
Um, so much so that, I mean, his children are diplomats and politicians and educators and his children or his grandchildren are in the highest academies and all like he comes from a big and huge background um very reputable yeah um but he got stranded on tatooine somehow and has not had the resources to return home to his people uh and after receiving a message from his daughter that uh his wife had died and things were not going well He's motivated to find a job as quick as he can to get some money, get a ship, and get off the planet. Get back home. Wow. So, when he reports the Falcon, he's doing that with hopes that... He doesn't care who these other people are. He just cares that these people are his ticket to getting home to his family. The sad part... <laughs> it, hi. Even Pinky's sad. She, d she did that thing where she woke up and just decides <laughs> to be like, I'm awake. Yeah, I'm she... awake. She does this every so often where she'll just wake up and yell. And that's just lovely. It's very helpful. Uh, as is the life of having cats. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing this character in uh, A New Hope and being like, who, who is this small man? He kind of looks like Mothman uh, with a long, long snoot. But that is his name, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm back. And you're back. <laughs> I had to rescue a cat. Um, Were you? Was I vamping well? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so good. I'm very bad. So at good. Um, yeah, a lot of people. I mean, he just was that in very interesting character um, who was there and gone, and did his job. Uh, but it's very easy because he looks so shady. He do. And that's something that comes up, like the opening, you know, there's a drunk dude who's telling him, like, you're so pious and, you know, nobody likes you. Everybody says you're just no good and you're just trouble and all this other stuff. And it starts off with him and, you know, his internal monologue of just being like, look, I came here. I was stranded. Nobody asked me my name. Nobody asked me if that could help me. None of this other stuff happened. You just assumed I'm a bad guy. They started was... calling me Droop Snoot. Right. Um... You know, and, and so it's really this example of, you know, I mean, not to be too little, but it's a lot of, like, the, you know, uh, poor immigration stuff of just, like, I I came to this country, I don't know what I'm doing, nobody asked me my name, nobody asked me what, what they could do to help, and now I'm just trying to make a way to get back home uh, to help my family, uh, and he's doing it by whatever means he can, you know. Um, Sailed. The bad part is that he didn't even get paid uh, they were going to pay him upon collection, and obviously we know oh, the film, no. he does not, uh, they do not collect. That means he did not get paid, so it ends with him taking another job, uh, and that's about it. That's um, so sad. Well, I mean, we're led to believe it. He got a job, so we're led to believe he eventually worked it out. Yeah. Man, poor little droop snoot. Poor bean. And so for our last guy, we're back to... Uh, so with Longsnoot, we're led, again, led to believe he found a job, he's going to get back home. Or, you know, maybe we'll revisit that. So there's a little bit of hope left in that one. Um, but now back to another tragic one. <laughs> um, so, again, continuing with the timeline of A New Hope, um, you know that guy that sits in the little uh, tube on the tower and just 
you know, kind of points his radar gun at the ships as they fly in. And yes. Kind of air traffic control on Yavin. Yeah. So his name's Ryland. That's, that's a name. Yeah. Um, and so we find out a little bit about Ryland in his story. He, uh, again, is kind of the radar technician, air traffic control guy on Yavin 4, and that's pretty much all we kind of see him do. But it turns out that he has a daughter named Lena. Uh, and he's... First of all, um, this story is written by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yes, Will Wheaton. Uh, and so that's also why it's depressing. Incredibly. Um, but, so, Ryland has a daughter, Lena, and... The whole story basically is him recording a video message for Lena because he's sending Lena away to live with her aunts uh, because of how dangerous the rebellion is getting. Um, but he feels like he has to stay and complete his mission, and uh, that's because their Elena's mother, his wife, was killed by an Imperial officer. And so um, he wants to continue the fight uh, because of the personal reasons of it. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't want to give that up, but he can't keep his kid there in the midst of that battle. And so he records this very touching, very heartfelt message to her. Um, you know, he calls his wife, uh, you know, his favorite human uh, until she came along. And all this, uh, just a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great little fatherly dialogue. But uh, basically he's, uh, you know, doing his job. He's in the radar booth uh, as the shuttle carrying his daughter leaves. Uh, and there's just one really great line when, after it leaves, you know, um, he's basically like, you know, shuttle 94, you're good to depart. Uh, and then he says, you know, take care of my daughter. And then there's just one line, and it says, then he knelt down and wept. Oh, gosh. Well, Wheaton, who hurt you? <laughs> it's like that part in the Bible where the whole verse is just, Jesus wept. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it encapsulates enough emotions, and so yeah. he, you know, he goes through some turmoil. He gets back to uh, his room, and it emphasizes how empty and quiet it is now, and some guy passes him by, and it's like, you know, you did the right thing, and, uh, but yeah, it's just, that's where it ends. It, it ends with him going back to his boot, his bunk. Forget Star Wars, is Will Wheaton okay? <laughs> no, that's why I wrote a book about his depression. Uh, he's, I think he's alright. I mean, he's, yeah. he's managing. He's got, Aren't we all? Yeah. He's got two grown-up sons, so he probably knows how empty nesting feels. Yeah. And I think that might have been a familiar part of this. Obviously not the life-threateningness of yeah. things, but a very familiar <laughs> feel of having to let go. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love this story because the dude was just the radar technician. Mm-hmm. He was just the guy that points at ships and says, hey, land there. Hey, leave there. Like, and he got a very heartfelt, touching, heartbreaking story. Yeah. Um, you know, Captain Antilles, yeah, he's a, you, you know, he's a captain. You figure he's got a story. Um, you expect something there. Long Snoot, he looks interesting. You expect him to have a story. But yeah. the guy in the radar dish, you know, he's, it's, he could have just been nobody. Um, but I love... The fact that Star Wars took the time to give him uh, a characterization, give him a story. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I really want to um, talk more about some of the great stories of From a Certain Point of View, because there's so many. There's one of a great female Tusken Raider warrior. There's one of a Jawa who longs to see the stars. And, um, I mean, 
We get a great story of Brea Organa moments before the Death Star strikes. Yeah, so we do. much great stuff. Um, yeah, and then R5. You get R5's story, which thankfully does not involve him being a Jedi droid named Skippy. Skippy! Um, <laughs> so many great things are in that book, so eventually I do want to cover more of those stories. Um, if you're into it, guys in the herd, uh, guys and gals, let us know. Um, we'll probably do it to coincide with our episode of um, on YouTube about A New Hope, um, since it'll kind of be on a similar topic. So Yeah. But, um, yeah, let us know. Do you have some favorite stories from a certain point of view? Which are they? Uh, so that we can address them uh, in a later episode. And what are you, some of your favorite background weird characters in Star Wars? Um, some that we may not have talked about uh, that you just love geeking out about. Showing up to parties and being like, hey, have you heard of this character in Star Wars? Uh, and then just, you know, slowly losing your circle of friends because of your weird Star Wars facts. But... Yeah, or you'll never lose. You'll never friends. lose us. Exactly, you'll never lose us with your weird geeking out. So, yeah. uh, hop on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Let us know your favorites. Yeah. Um. You don't need your friends and family. We're your friends and family. We are. Eat your um, teeth. And part of what makes us friends and families are the Q's and the A's. In the Q's and the A's, John. Yeah. So, we asked you guys, what is your favorite environmental? Backdrop in a Star Wars. In a Star Wars? In yeah, Star Wars. You can say in a Star Wars. I don't blame people when they say a Star Wars. In a Star War. Uh, that most captivated you. You guys loved this question, apparently. Yeah. So, Blue Milk on the Rocks said crate. It's a crate answer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a crate location. It's beautiful. I, I love the, the imagery yeah. of it. Um, so many... Uh, great scenes. So um, many great scenes. Oh my gosh. Don't be salty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Never boy. ending puns. That's your eternal punishment. <laughs> uh, Holocronicles Hon- said Kashyyyk because it reminds them of their home in the Pacific Northwest, which is beautiful. Never been. Uh, oh my god. I've never been, but I've seen it. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a dream. Uh, to go there, yeah. let alone live there. I can't imagine. It's it, it's amazing. The farthest north I've ever been is Chicago. Uh, well, we're going back. Yeah. Well, you're going back. We're I'm going, going back for the first Chicago. time. Chicago. Chicago. I just gotta find my khakis. Hey, khakis. That's <laughs> Boston. <laughs> um, Same thing. Marcus couldn't decide between Tatooine or Hoth, so he said both fire and ice. Yeah. Twice as Streams. nice. Uh, Galaxy Props said from uh, original trilogy. Tatooine and Hoth uh, from the prequel, prequel? Naboo uh, from Rogue One, the beaches of Scarif, and in Solo, Coralia. It was very he nice was, to see Coralia. Oh, yeah. He was very prepared for that and, uh, that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice to see. I don't think Corellia came up again, but yeah, I liked... I could deal with the city life of Corellia, obviously minus the Empire, more than the city life of Coruscant. Yeah. I mean, you know... I, I want to see more city planets that aren't Coruscant. Yeah, uh, because, we see a lot of Coruscant. Yeah, Coruscant's New York. Show, show us Atlanta. Uh, sh- show us uh, Orlando. There's people out there who could not tell Atlanta from New York, so... Well, I mean, buildings just look like buildings, pretty much. <laughs> Except for that building. one big one. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, with the giant that's basically, on the yeah, side. Yeah, that's basically how it works. We weren't... We, 
we were there recently, the giant G building, and it was great. Yeah, the uh, the aquarium. <laughs> yeah, the yes. aquarium. We saw a big old manta ray, and it was lovely. Um, Ryan Bullock said the snowy forest Starkiller base during the Kylo and Ray lightsaber duel. Yeah, great. Location. I wish I wish we'd gotten to see more of Starkiller uh, base before it kind of just went kaput. It's you, you you can't build a giant planet that's also a war machine. They, it's the, not gonna the first last order a movie. did. <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't it's last. It's not gonna last a whole movie, guys. Um, um, yeah. Uh, our Strickland said, "Thneed." I like I like the name Thneed. It's not Thneed. That's what the Lorax. Yes, has. it's Thneed. <laughs> it's Thneed. It's basically Italy, so at least you at least this is somewhere you can go. <laughs> Thneed. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Hans Spinell. Said the graveyard of giants on Jakku. Yeah, Lovely. very good image there. Mm-hmm. Uh, real mallard. It's an actual duck. Quack. <laughs> what do subatomic ducks say? Quark. <laughs> uh, he said Hoth, or they said Hoth. She. She. She yeah. said Hoth. She said Hoth. Yeah, the actual duck said Hoth. Nah, she's not a duck. Uh, Stephen and Santa. In. Not and. Uh, said Umbara because it's like Pandora, but more hostile. Yeah. Tell me about Umbara, John. I can't. <laughs> you gotta wait till next week. You said that so many times. You, you, I want to know. Next week. I want to know next what Umbara is. Next week. I want to know what the bar tune in, is. Tune in to uh, the Clone Wars rewatch next week to hear Megan's heart literally shatter. <laughs> That's already happened, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, so many you're not, times. It's gonna be dust. Is it gonna be... Better or worse? Oh, worse than everything. Worse than everything? Worse than everything. And it's not even the worst. There's oh something God. after Umbara. <laughs> I love it. I don't want to do this anymore. Yes, you do. I don't want to do this. Yeah, you do. I want to watch Hannibal and eat popcorn. I will say that <laughs> if, if anybody in the herd is going to Star Wars Celebration, you can talk to us about Umbara at Celebration. She'll, she'll have seen it by then, but yeah. Am I going to cry? Yeah. I cry at most things. <laughs> right? Dude, I cried because the cat was so cute the other day. Aww. Like, seriously. I was looking at her, and she rolled over and showed me her tummy. And I was like, oh, this cat is so cute. She's 12. She's gonna die. Oh my gosh. Okay, that took a turn. (laughs) (laughs) It's not crying because she's cute. It's crying because she's indefinite. (laughs) Yeah. I I cried because of the concept of mortality. And the fact that cats don't live as long as humans. And I hate that. Well, they do. Kind of. (laughs) <laughs> if you're unvaccinated, maybe. Oh, <laughs> oh hey, that's a burn. That's a burn. Vaccinate That's your a rusty kids. nail. <laughs> that's a lethal. That's a almost extinct disease that dumb people brought back. That happened. anyway. <laughs> Rebel transmissions always found the jungles of Dagobah interesting. I want to go back to Dagobah. We will. We will. We will. When? Uh, in a couple months in the Clone Wars. Is that Princess Mononoke? What no. is it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Yoda. Oh. That's a very inside joke. Like, an incredibly <coughs> inside joke for us. It is. It's still annoying, though. Yeah. The first time we watched Princess Mononoke, I, I, every female character that came up, is that Princess Mononoke? It wasn't even just the female character. <laughs> it was the Anything boar. that entered the screen. It was the giant, weird elk with the face. Right. Everything. 
it, but is it? Everything is Princess Mononoke if you squint hard enough. It's true. Um, fun fact, I, I now know what Princess Mononoke is. Uh, Joshua Blummel. I hope I said that right. <laughs> Blumel. <laughs> Blumel. Uh, said Scarif and Crate. Yeah. It's a great answer. Oh my gosh. Uh, fun fact, Dave Filoni actually loves Princess Mononoke because he loves wolves. So there you go. Nerd. Mm-hmm. He's actually worked a couple of references to Princess Mononoke into uh, various Star Wars works. More more Rebels than anything. Hot take. Well, Dave Filoni be at FurCon 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's into that. And the wolves that much. Yiff. Um, that's not what that means. Um, yelling and sniffing! <laughs> yelling and <laughs> sniffing! <laughs> uh, ew, that was gross. I'm sorry. Uh, ben Crosby said Hoth. A lot of Hoth lovers. A lot of Hoth. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Colby Harbinger. Harbinger? Harnamar? Said the Ransans. The Ransans. The Ransans. Jan Narsis. I sound like Earl Firmber. Genosis. He said Genosis. Genosis. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, one I wasn't expecting to see. Uh, there was a few I wasn't expecting to see between that and Dagobah. And I was glad somebody mentioned yeah. Jakku. I uh, wanted someone to mention that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys really love... The, I mean, you guys, they just kept coming uh, with this one. You guys like this question. So hopefully you like next week's question. Uh, you'll have to keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook for that. But uh, yeah. what's your answer? My answer is a hot take. So I, Mustafar. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I love Mustafar. Um, I love it in Rogue One. I love it uh, at the end of Episode 3. But the hot take answer, actually, Tatooine. is... Tatooine. No. Okay. You, you want one more? <laughs> Geonosis. I do love Geonosis, but no. Um, Indoor. Aboard the... Uh, the uh, what's it called? You don't even know your own answer. I don't even. Re- I don't remember the name of Vader's ship. Uh, the Executor. <laughs> the Executor. <laughs> I love. I love it. I love the setting of the Star Destroyers. It's not really a hot take. It's just an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, environmental doesn't necessarily have to be planetary or natural. I mean. Yeah. You know, it. Uh, the Executor deck is an environment. It. We yeah. see it quite a lot in there. So I mean, I, it works. Yeah. I it's. Love- it's very. Hit, you know, Vader's back against the mm-hmm. um, viewport. Very iconic shot, yeah. I just love, like, the sterile, clean, crisp, but also dingy and shiny look of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love the Star Destroyers mm-hmm. in general. Oh, yeah. N- no railings. Yeah, no. Anywhere. That's the efficiency test. If you could walk across a bridge with no railings, you pass. That That's why none of them can shoot. They just have to walk <laughs> a straight line. <laughs> Ay, um, I mean, these guys can't hit their target, but they cannot fall constantly yeah. uh, on a ship and on a planet size or a moon-sized battle station without railing. Yeah. Not even that, but they, they can stand next to the, star, the super uh, laser uh, and have no protection. Yeah. Like, okay. It's like, it's like that scene in Thor Ragnarok. If you if you take the full brunt of a star, you'll die. But only if I die. Or something like that. Yeah. You'll be killed, but only if I die. Right. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, but there is another option. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, oh my goodness. I just love how clean everything looks. 
Like I'm, I said, shiny, but also dingy. Well, I'm pretty sure they have, like, little Star Wars Roombas going around there. Well, that's what mouse droids are for, aren't they? No. No, they're the messengers. No. What? Well, kind of. They're in They're traffic station. control. So, you actually see scenes where they uh, you have troops following a mouse droid. You see it in the Clone Wars and in uh, A New Hope. And that's meant to be a, a more efficient way of getting from A to B. That's incredible. Uh, just follow the programmed mouse droid. It will take you where you need to go. Um, just... Yes, some do carry messages, but that's that's less rare, or that's less common. Can I have a mouse droid that shows me where I parked in <laughs> parking lots? That's what we need. That's the best for Disney. That's what we oh need. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, that so they're more traffic control than, than anything. I love them even more. So yeah. They're little traffic cops. They're cute. They're little. They're, they're so... little. Uh, escort cars driven by mice. <laughs> I just want a mouse droid and put him on a leash and just take him for a walk. <laughs> there you go. His name is Jeremy. Call him Mauser. <laughs> there you go. I love inanimate objects with human names. Sorry, I'm not, you're not boring. Uh, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm very boring. What's your um, answer, you boring uh, boy? I love Scarif. I, I, Scarif is one of my favorite newly introduced uh, environments um, for the Star Wars films. I also, I do agree, um, the shot of Vader's castle on Mustafar in Rogue One is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. But um, he, the one that I keep coming back to definitely is Crate. Um, it's a great location. <laughs> it, it is, because so many <laughs> memorable and iconic shots from The Last Jedi are taken from Crate. Yeah. Um, everything from the battle, uh, from the speeders to the, uh, you know, Luke and Kylo yeah. facing off. So many of them are just so amazing. Yeah. And it's part of what makes it so beautiful is also what's around them and yeah. everything. So The red dust being kicked up oh, is yeah. beautiful. When a, it's a really cool thing to introduce. It's a great visual effect to create for a familiar uh, scene. I think that's what creates quite a... Yeah. enjoyable sequences because it's like it's very familiar but it looks so unique also what's up with the guy just tasting the ground does he do that on every planet they I, go to? I don't know man <laughs> he Maybe. just like lick he puts right. his finger licks it salt yeah and then his friend's like jeremy we can't keep doing this <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh he lands on indoor he's like yep dirt <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's an Ewok. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he just tastes everything. He just Jeremy, stop licking the Ewoks. Can I get a Star Wars story about that guy? Or it's just like, oh, there's some dewbacks. Wait, Jeremy, what are you doing? I gotta lick it. <laughs> I feel like he's one of those people that like goes looking for the frog that if you lick their back, you get high. Right. Like, oh my goodness. Which those look exactly like the ones where if you lick it, they're poisonous. So. Don't do that. Yeah, don't lick frogs, dude. Don't kiss um, frogs either. You yeah, don't need a prince. Funny. You're beautiful. That was funny. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, our good buddy Justice asked us in person, um, if you could merge Star Wars with any other fictional universe, what would it be? Good one. You go first. <laughs> Dune. Dune? Dune. Uh, yeah, I could... <laughs> I feel like they're similar enough where they would fit. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, yeah, that, that that could work. I feel like some people would say Star Trek, but no. Yeah, that was that was something that it's came up when we talked uh, with Justice was, yeah, he, he thought we would say Star Trek. Yeah, no. 
Um, I, I just feel like Dune's another planet <laughs> in the Star Wars universe, so I'm... I'm you sure it's not because Kyle MacLachlan? I just love Kyle MacLachlan, guys. <laughs> um, in a similar vein, I picked something s- similar, uh, <laughs> a- a- adjacent to Star Wars enough that I felt like if they went side by side, I could deal. Is it Flash uh, Gordon? Battlestar Galactica. But that's similar. Yeah, I mean, it's I just felt silence. like... I mean, it's basically Star Wars Terminator, so it's kind of like... Some, I felt like it could be something happening out in the out in the unknown regions or something like that. Maybe I, you know yeah. I, I could accept that. I guess. What about Alien? No. <laughs> I love how quickly you. It just... has to make sense. Um, Life doesn't make sense, John. You know, I know there's been crossovers with like Darth Vader versus Xenomorphs and all this other stuff, but no, I don't want that. I just I, if it's going to fit together, it has to make sense. Because now something interesting that I thought about when we had this conversation was. Someone put out an article, some, um, I think it was like, oh my gosh, what's it called? Nerd something. Um, Herder? No, That's not us. us. <laughs> um, we're smarter than that. But uh, nerd something. It was some blog pl- blog site thing yeah. that covers news. And one of the things they said was, they were talking about, oh, Disney owns Avatar now. Does that mean Avatar is going to be in the next Star Wars film? No, I'm it like, doesn't, you dumb. What in the world kind of logic is that? That's like saying, is Elsa going to be the next Jedi Master? No, just because it's owned by the same company. But Leia um, is technically a Disney princess, though. Yes, she is. It works that it works that way, not the other way. I would have loved if she showed up in Wreck It Ralph in the princess room scene. That would have been lovely. That would have been nice. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, if it's gonna fit together, it's gotta make sense. So I say Battlestar Galactica. You say Dune. Let us know your answers. If you could merge Star Wars with any other fictional universe, what would you pick? Uh, let us know on Twitter and Facebook. Other than that, guys, that is our show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you had fun. Don't forget to let us know your favorite background characters. Go check out all those Amazon deals for those great books and other great stories about other weird background characters that have way more going on in life than you ever imagined. Um, In the future, uh, in the next few weeks and whatnot, you might... We're we're working to get back on schedule. As we've mentioned, uh, Megan... uh, I got very sick. Yeah. And then uh, simultaneously, I had a lot going on with work. Uh, that's just the reality of our lives. Um, and so we're trying to get on schedule, trying to get more consistent. Um, thank you for being patient as we continue to do that. Um, and so that that said, in the future, if the main show doesn't post on Wednesday, um, we're going to try and get it as close as possible, mm-hmm. um, like we're doing this week and so forth but just keep an eye the episodes will be out uh on the day or as close to the day that they're meant to uh as we can this is just a very busy couple of months with us um both in where we live just with what's going on in life and um where we work lots going on so just be uh patient with us uh we're trying to be as consistent as we can with everything um and so yeah there's going to be a lot of cool stuff happening one of which and this is where uh today's main show kind of ties into next week Next week, we are doing a Herd Choice character spotlight. Essentially, we're going to put up a poll on Twitter and Facebook asking you to vote between a number of characters. Whoever gets the most vote is the character that we're going to spend the, our time next week talking about. And it's going to be something that reoccurs every now and then where we have you pick the topic. Yeah. We'll alternate between characters. Uh, we'll um, do stories. We'll, you know, It's going to alternate between different topics. 
Um, but yeah, you're going to help us pick what we talk about next week. So keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook um, so that we can uh, all work together to make a good show. Uh, make sure you vote uh, for your favorite. Uh, and if, if your favorite's not on there, make suggestions. That'll go on later polls uh, again as that series continues down the road. So help us pick the show next week. Yeah. Um, other than that, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, for your Thanks. awesome encouragement and support over on Patreon. You help us do what we do, and we appreciate you. Um, you can join Rebecca in helping us make the show and making it all happen uh, by heading over to our Patreon page, finding out what it means to support the show and what you get for it. All kinds of cool goodies and extra content um, available over on Patreon. Yeah. If you are able to support us, we would greatly appreciate it. If your wallet's empty, that's fine. Uh, if you mm -hmm. could just do us a favor and rate this wherever possible, especially on iTunes. 61% of our listeners are on iTunes, so if you can do us a favor, leave us five stars there. Let people know you love us. Share us around with all your friends and house pets. Uh, and that's a great way of supporting us, even if you can't give us a few bucks a month. So, support. We need it. You got it. We'd love it. Um, also, uh, we are not just podcasting now we are also trying to break out into the youtube video world so you can head over find us on youtube at nerd herder and check out uh, the couple of videos we have now and i can already tell you in the month of april we have 12 videos scheduled to release that's a lot of other nerd herder goodness lots of things that you wouldn't get here through the podcast or other mediums so if you want more you love us uh then head over to our youtube channel where you can get more of us yeah and if you don't love us why? Right. Tell maybe me. maybe YouTube will convince you. Tell um, me why. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff uh, over on YouTube. So if you want to get connected, check out what we already have. Uh, then head over there, subscribe, check it all out. We would appreciate that. And then, of course, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. That's important because we ask you guys a lot of things. We want you to interact with us and whatnot. So Twitter and Facebook is the way to make that happen. So make sure you're following us and liking us there so that you can stay up to date with everything happening with the show. Um, yeah. With that, I think that be it. Um, so we're going to leave it there. Hopefully, again, you enjoyed the show. We enjoyed you joining us, giving your ears to us for the last hour or so. Uh, Time to reattach those. Yeah. You can have those back now. Eat your teeth. We'll be uh, back tomorrow with our Clone Wars rewatch. We'll be talking about the Battle of Moncada. It's going to oh. be a lot of fun. Oh, boy. Uh, and then next week, we are going to Umbara. Know that, know that next week we're doing another double post of Clone Wars Rewatch. So we'll be getting um, a minor arc episode, and then we'll get the major arc of Umbara. So look forward to that, guys. Uh, we are looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not. Oh, uh, well, you'll be there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check out all that stuff. That's going to be happening next week. But until then, I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I have been suffering from Clone Wars too much. <laughs> I'm Megan. <laughs> and remember to stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you. Bye!